Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Technically Speaking here on LGN Radio, where we explore the latest social media applications for the modern-day workplace and take a closer look into the rising field of creative technology. This is part two of Technically Speaking, LinkedIn for Job Seekers with Wayne Breitbart, a LinkedIn trainer and author of The Power Formula for LinkedIn Success. We'll continue our conversation by talking about your skills and expertise section on LinkedIn, endorsements, and connecting with others. So from previous positions in schooling, people acquire some certain skills and expertise. And luckily, LinkedIn has a section where you can list these items. So what are some key skills that job seekers should have on this list? Well, this this section called skills and expertise and the endorsement for them Mm -hmm. is just the hottest topic. (laughs) I'm telling you, Courtney, I speak Mm -hmm. three, four times a week. And if I don't throw this out early in my presentation, people are just waiting to ask the question. What's going on with this endorsement thing? It's sort mm-hmm. of driving me nuts. So I'm so glad you asked this <laughs> because I think the listeners really need to get the answers on what's going on here. So skills and expertise, which came out before the ability to endorse the skills mm-hmm. and expertise, is simply just a list of, yes, skills and expertise, mm-hmm. but it also should include products and services if you're a salesperson or you're working for a company. It should include those things as well. And if Here's the word you write down when you think of skills and expertise. Keywords. Mm -hmm. It's simply keywords. And these keywords are getting more emphasis than ever now because of endorsements. And so Mm -hmm. LinkedIn doesn't exactly come out and say, here's why we're doing endorsements of our skills and expertise. Because it's sort of like a magical thing like Google and search rankings and all this kind of good stuff. Well, the thing that's happening, and people are testing this and we're proving it, that when you have a lot of endorsements for a skill. You're ending up higher in searches when people are looking for that Mm -hmm. skill. So let's say you're a Java programmer here in Milwaukee, and people would search Java programmer Milwaukee to look for the people they might want to contact for a job, right? Well, now, if you're a Java programmer Milwaukee and you've got 45 endorsements and somebody else has five, you're going to end up higher with other criteria of the search ranking. It's not as simple as that, mm-hmm. but it's one of those spots that I know LinkedIn's emphasizing because most LinkedIn makes a lot of money on their recruiting solutions, right? That's what they do mostly. And, you know, I listen to their quarterly earnings things all the time, and they talk about two-thirds of their incomes generated through their recruiting solutions. Mm-hmm. And what they're trying to bring are the best candidates to the companies who are paying the bill. And best is now defined, as silly as it might sound, as the most endorsed for the skills that I'm looking for in his employer. Mm. So you get 50 skills on LinkedIn. I don't think there's any doubt you should use all 50. And how do you find skills, the right skills? Once again, look at other people in your industry, Mm -hmm. right? Go back to the fact that we can look at lots of people's profiles. Another thing you can do is when you are in in the skills and expertise section, when you hit the word edit, a box will pop up and say, what skill would you like to add? Mm -hmm. If you start typing in there, like let's say we start typing accounting, LinkedIn will auto-populate a list below that accounting that says governmental accounting, franchise accounting. Those are words that are often searched on LinkedIn. They're Mm -hmm. helping you. They're prompting you. So if those words are applicable to you, you should grab them. Now, if you do gas station accounting, it's probably not on the list Mm because it's not one of the most popular terms. But if it's important to you, you still put it on there. You get 50. So if you can grab some of LinkedIn's prompting words, do it. But also make sure that you've got your most important keywords there, even if they're not on that list. So, boy, I'm telling you, it's annoying and confusing and 
hard to understand this section is, especially mm-hmm. with the endorsement thing. I think it's got a huge amount of emphasis when it comes to uh, being searched for, okay. especially for job seekers. So can we take a step back and just maybe explain what an endorsement is, like how somebody gets an endorsement? Sure. <clears throat> so endorsements you get from any of your first-degree connections, and it's as simple as if I landed on your profile, Courtney, I would slide down to your skills and expertise, and I would just hit the plus sign right next to any word that I'd like. Mm-hmm. You, if you had radio show broadcaster, mm-hmm. it's well, she was fun. We had a lot of, <laughs> you know, we, we did, I think it turned out great. She did a nice mm-hmm. job. I hit the plus, you'd see my face, you'd get one more endorsement. That's mm-hmm. one way to mm-hmm. get it. Now, we would have to be connected at the first degree. Mm-hmm. I think we already are. Now, the other way endorsements come up, at least for the time being, <clears throat> is if I land on your profile, a big blue box pops up above your profile. And it's LinkedIn asking me if I want to endorse you for the following things. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that is getting a little annoying to us because it's happening since October mm-hmm. and it just doesn't go away. And the second part that makes that annoying is that it sometimes picks up words that you don't even have down there, like basket weaving. You know, <laughs> basket weaving. Courtney works for MilwaukeeJobs.com. What is mm-hmm. what the, Right? And LinkedIn found something on your profile that, well, maybe you said you went to craft fairs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know, right? But that's the part that makes it crazy is that there, all of us, if we're not watching it closely, will end up with some words in our skills and expertise section that mean nothing to do with any mm-hmm. of the objectives we're trying to. Because what happens is if I say yes to radio broadcasting, uh, job recruiter, basket weaving, You'll get a bunch of emails from LinkedIn and say, oh, your friends want to endorse you for the following mm-hmm. things. And you go, well, this is pretty cool. I'll say yes. Boom. And you mm-hmm. say yes. And the next thing you know, it was you didn't look closely at all the words and you got basket weaving. And then the next time a friend lands on your profile, they go, I didn't know Courtney was a basket weaver, but I like her. She's <laughs> a nice lady. I'll hit the plus, right? Uh-huh. And that's what happens. And people write to me all the time, Wayne, how did I get this word there? I never wanted it. I, well, first off, you, you did agree to it. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I said, you did, but in sort of a way that LinkedIn is almost like tricky, right? Mm-hmm. Now, LinkedIn promises that these blue box that pops up, ultimately that's going away, that this is to get us all started doing endorsements and feeling comfortable with endorsements. So who knows? Mm -hmm. They're up to 2 billion endorsements already. And I think they like it because it's giving the search ranking thing, they're getting the search ranking thing done the way they want it, right? Mm -hmm. So who knows if that blue box will go away? I hope it does because at least the other way, if I go to your profile, you and you've got the right words there, I can endorse you for those things, and I should if I can, right? Mm -hmm. So do you think that the value has lessened for endorsements just because people can freely hand them out or click click there or do that sort of thing, like with the basket weaving situation? Yeah. You know, I think once people understand it, they're fine. I think prior to that, I think they're devalued. And and truth be told, Courtney, last October when they came out, I thought they were to dumbest thing around. And I sort of do think they're sort of dumb, actually. I would rather have a recommendation. I'm sure you mm-hmm. would too, yeah. right? Because they're written two or three mm-hmm. sentences. Somebody writes something nice. It's very specific. And yet, so because we're comparing our recommendations, they seem silly. But it's so funny that in that there's a little bit of an age thing going on here in that when I meet people that are more my age, baby boomers, they think it's really, really stupid. But yet some of the younger people that have been on Facebook for a while, they don't think it's a stupid. And even my daughter told me one Sunday, and she's 25 years old, <laughs> and she works in Florida for Chico's, and she's an online marketing person. And she said, uh, Dad, I really like this endorsement thing. 
the same time mm-hmm. I was complaining about it, right? Because mm-hmm. And she said, because I don't have time to write anything for my friends, but it's a way I can help them. And it feels just like a Facebook like to me, Dad. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I think this is the new thing, right? And it's the way we do things. We go in and we five-star reviews. And, you know, so if you, if you step back and think of it just as keywords, but secondly, think of it as the yelping of people, mm-hmm. right? We all sort of are getting used to that whole process of Yelp, online mm-hmm. recommendations and reviews, and that's what's going on here. So what happens if you don't want a certain person's endorsement? Like, is there any way you can remove it or anything like that? You can hide any person's endorsement. Okay. And you can you can get rid of any words that are on there that don't make sense. So you're in control of that section. Oh, that's good. You, you have to hit edit, and then you have to hit manage, and then you'll have all these kinds of choices. Great. So once you've built this profile on LinkedIn, added your summary, some previous work experience, skills, um, the next step, I would, I think, is connecting with other people. And we hear many career experts talk about the importance of building relationships rather than just connecting with anyone. So how do you go about this? I'm so glad you went in this <laughs> order, by the way. Some people go the other way. They're connecting like crazy and their profile wasn't so good. Mm-hmm. And they're getting that first impression not very good. So I'm, so, I'm glad you went this way. <laughs> you get this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, connecting is the, the next part. And it's a strategy. It, and it should be a strategy. But you you would not be surprised, I can tell, because you understand this better than most people. <laughs> but your listeners might not. How many people I walk up to and I say, so tell me your LinkedIn connection strategy. And I get this blank look like, well, I'm connecting with my college friends and people I used to work with. And that doesn't sound like a strategy, <laughs> right? So you, you got, once again, just like your profile, what's your objective? You put certain things on your profile because your objective is to find a job mm-hmm. doing this and this. Same thing with your connections. What's your strategy? Now, you can connect with your college friends and your friends from church, and that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those. But when you're being strategic and purposeful, you should start connecting with people that are in the spots where you want to find your next job or that know people that are in the spots. So, for example, let's say you're an engineer, let's say here in Milwaukee, and you know there's 12 or 15 companies that you just would die to work for, Johnson mm-hmm. Controls or Rockwell. And, you know, you've got, you got a list, which you should. And I said, so why don't you start connecting with some of those people? Well, I don't know them. Mm-hmm. I say, well, would you like to know them? Well, sure. I'd like to know them. It's a place I'd like to work. Maybe they'd know some job or you know, maybe I could get to understand how the company works and how they hire people. And I said, yeah, all that could happen, right? So the advice I want to give the listeners is this. Start connecting with people who are in the places physically that you want to work, you know, or know of people that are in those places. Mm-hmm. And like there's a feature on LinkedIn called alumni where you can go in there it's, I went to Marquette and I went to Whitewater. Mm-hmm. So I can click on Whitewater and I get this list. And let's say I'm an engineer and I'd love to work at the, the two companies I just mentioned. Well, you can go look at all the Rockwell engineers that went to Whitewater. Mm-hmm. So now you get a list and you, go, you say to yourself, listen, these people went to Whitewater. So did I. Now, maybe I didn't drink with them, <laughs> but we know what a relationship with school is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes on and on. Right. And there's no age barrier there. We sort of feel an affinity with these people and we'd like to help them. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you reach out to those people and say, listen, I'm an engineer. I'm looking for a job. I heard great things about your company. If you know of anything, let me know. In the meantime, I'd like to connect with you or maybe we can have a cup of coffee or I don't know. You know, sometimes that feels too aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like people go, well, <laughs> that seems so aggressive to me. And I look, especially chaps here, said, no, listen, you want a job or don't you? <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, 
you, you weren't doing these kinds of things and you don't have a job. Well, I'm trying to show you some things that I think could make a difference. And I'm telling you, this very story I'm telling you about mm-hmm. what we're doing right here, I've had two people tell me they got jobs because they did just this. No, they didn't get it the next day. Mm-hmm. But what happened was the job got posted later. And before you know it, they were connected to three or four engineers. And everybody goes, well, I know this guy. And somebody says, you know him, I know him too. And before you know it, they go up to the boss and say, well, you should talk to this guy. And yet nobody's really physically met them. Mm-hmm. But we met them the new way mm-hmm. online, right? It's, mm-hmm. it, and so met is different now, right? And, and in both these cases, it was unbelievable. They said, just, everybody sort of felt they knew me and, and I got an interview. And then I got the job. So when you ask someone to, con- to connect, there's this default connection message that says, I would like to add you to my professional network. And is it okay to keep this message? Or do you think you should personalize it for each different person that you're trying to connect with? It's not okay to keep it. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's disrespectful, actually. I think if you're asking for people to come into the privileged position of being in your first degree, and it is a privilege, you should tell them why. So mm-hmm. a five-star connection request is this. Number one, where did we meet if we did? Mm-hmm. Number two, how could we help each other if we could? Or, or what, what's up? I mean, what mm-hmm. is it that you're, you think you can help them with? Or they, maybe they can help you with? And never use the standard invitation. Now, here's the problem. Autom- some of the automated features on LinkedIn, when you push connect, a box will pop up for you to write something. But sometimes it just went, you just invited them. I just mm-hmm. did it just the other day. I didn't realize this one. I, and I, I was just telling people how you should do this five-star connection, right? And the next thing you know, about five minutes later in my talk, boom, I hit the thing and I got invited the guy <laughs> with a standard connection. So the iPhone app, I mean, the app on the iPhone and the iPad, when you land on somebody's profile and you hit connect, mm-hmm. you don't get a chance to write anything. Hmm. So avoid that. Okay. And then watch out for the other spots. I think it was in the, actually in the alumni section where there's a connect button, but then there's a little button right next to it that has a pencil and a pad of paper. If you connect, the standard invitation goes out. If you hit the pencil or paper, it lets you write something. Mm-hmm. So you only get 300 characters, so you can't write the Bible or anything there. Mm-hmm. But you get enough characters to ex- at least explain the things that I just shared with you. So, yeah, I think I think it's, it's a big mistake, and, and, and you will increase your ability for people to agree to connect if you use the 300 characters well. So is there a certain number of connections a, a person should strive for? You know, I, I don't know the top end, but I know mm-hmm. the bottom end. The bottom end is if you think you got 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 connections, especially as a job seeker, it's not going to get done. Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to get anywhere in the searches. You're not going to show up enough on um, when people are looking for people. and It's just not going to happen. So I think a goal for most people should be 200. And the reason I use that number is because Good old-fashioned networking books that existed before LinkedIn said we all know 150 to 200 people in the business world sort of at the trust level. Mm-hmm. We don't know 1,000 at the trust <laughs> level, okay? So, But I'm not saying 1,000 isn't right depending on what your objective is. But I think we all know a few hundred people. Now, when I teach this to college kids, then I, I got to pull back to about 100, right? And that's even tough because they look at me like, Mr. Breitbart, I'm 19. I don't know 200 <laughs> people. And then I'll say, okay, I tell you what, I'll cut you some slack. You get to 100, you go home and tell your mom and dad in their business they should get to 200. But you should, because it is harder, mm-hmm. right? It is harder for them. So I think you got to get to that kind of a, a mass. You get to that 100, and then when you get to the 100, get to the 200. And there are lots of nice ways 
automatic kind of features where LinkedIn will pitch names to you, whether it's people you may know or the alumni section or who's viewed your profile. These are, and I'm not saying connect with all those people that pop up on those lists from those features. I'm saying it's a hit list of maybe people for you. Mm-hmm. And so it boils down to this, Courtney. If you know them well and you trust them, you accept or you invite them. But also this, the second step is if you don't know them but you'd like to know them, mm-hmm. that's what I said, listen, <laughs> if you met this guy tonight, let's go back to the engineers at Rockwell again. If you met a Rockwell engineer tonight at a networking event, you'd be thrilled if you were an engineer mm-hmm. looking for a job at Rockwell. So why wouldn't you connect with them on LinkedIn? So, so if you'd like to meet them, you should do it as well. Great. Well, thanks, Wayne, for sharing your insight with us in regards to building your profile on LinkedIn. So would you like to take these last few moments of the program maybe to give our listeners a sneak peek inside your book, The Power Formula for LinkedIn Success, Kickstart Your Business, Brand, and Job Search? I would love to do that. Thank you for letting (laughs) me have this few moments here. So my wife and I wrote this book three three years ago. The first edition came out almost three years now. And the second edition just came out in April because, as we know, these tools change a lot. And it's the number one selling book on Amazon on LinkedIn. So we're excited about that. And especially for this audience that we're speaking to today, there are lots of job seeker nuggets throughout the book. But I have a special chapter in here just for the job seeker. And, you know, the subtitle is Kickstart Your Business Brand and Job mm-hmm. Search. You need a friend like this. You need a friend a workbook type thing to help you through this stuff. And this book has lots of screenshots. It's very easy. There's one chapter in here on a six-week, two-hour-per-week roadmap to results where I tell Mm -hmm. people exactly what to do for the first six weeks. And then after that, I tell them what to do on a daily, monthly, and weekly, and monthly, and a periodic basis. So, you know, we all need help like this. Maybe you'll find a really good friend that can give you the same kind of help and will spend the time with you. But pick up a book like mine or, 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 you know, or one similar because it's going to take you down the road and in all these spots, especially if you're a little bit older because you're nervous about Mm -hmm. not doing it right and sort of breaking the computer kind of. And also, you should check out my website, Mm powerformula.net, and go to the resources tab and slide down to free. And there's about a dozen free PDF downloadable resources for not just for job seekers, but for everybody. Lots of little checklists and and, uh, worksheets for you. And it'd be a great um, resource for you. Great. Is there anything else you would like to add? Do you have any upcoming speaking engagements, projects, like additional books maybe you're working on? So I speak all over the country, Mm -hmm. and the easiest way to sort of catch up with that schedule is to go to my website Mm -hmm. and sign up for my weekly email of strategies and tips where I also include my calendar. Uh, Upcoming um, books, I'm working on some of these things where I think I'm going to start I'll be going deeper because this book is a beginner to intermediate book. I'm going to be writing some advanced books, probably Mm e-books, for certain people in certain industries. And maybe I'll even have one specifically for job seekers where we go deeper. So that's what's in the the off off there. My wife and I are working on those things right now. And I would say the beginning of the year, we'll have some real new and exciting stuff that can take people to the, the deeper level of LinkedIn. All right. Well, that about wraps up this episode of Technically Speaking. Many thanks to Wayne Breitbart, LinkedIn trainer and author of The Power Formula for LinkedIn Success. I would like to take this final moment to encourage our listeners to continue listening to localjobnetwork.com radio. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, please email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, this has been Courtney Omernick for localjobnetwork.com radio, and thank you for tuning into today's program.